0: The following audio content is a talk given at The Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 16th and 47th in Seattle's U District. I'll tell you this much, that it was 20 years ago that I first got invited here to The Inn. It was the fall of 94. I sat right underneath that that, uh, basketball hoop, over there, some friends dragged me out to the inn when, uh, after a girl had broken up with me, I was crushed. I know, tear, and it was it was one of those things where I had I had grown up in the church, but I really didn't know what I thought about all this religious stuff. Uh, I would I would have called myself a Christian, but I, I really didn't know what it uh, meant to. Be in a relationship with Jesus. And what I can tell you is that uh, when I sat under that same basketball hoop at the end of my senior year, things had changed quite a bit. Uh, My life had changed quite a bit that, that I had made discoveries about who Jesus is. And while many questions still remained, and frankly still do, I'll be straight up about that. Uh, my life had changed, and each one of those years as, as I was an undergrad uh, had its own unique feel to it. So uh, again, if you're here for the first time tonight, uh, I have this gut feeling that says you're in for a real treat, uh, a real journey over the next several years. And if you're here as a senior, uh, there were, there were ton- really the, the, the most growth that I encountered in any one year was that senior year. So seniors, I'm really glad that you are with us tonight, and of course, everybody in between. Thank you uh, so much for for coming out uh, tonight. One of the ways that we do uh, grow is through prayer. And I want to alert you guys that on those Connect cards that you heard about earlier, we also take prayer requests. If there are things that, particularly anxiety is weighing you down as the school year gets started, before you leave tonight, uh, on the back of the Connect cards, fill out a prayer request. And we have a team of people, Hannah, who prayed with us uh, just before we sat down uh, she's part of a team that prays for these requests every week as, as well as the staff. So uh, know that we are a community that is more eager to pray for you than you are to ask us to pray for you. So ask us to pray for you. All right, let's play a little game really quick, okay? How many, how many of you think that in, say, the last three days, you've met at least 10 new people, including tonight, Okay. Ten new people. All right, that's pretty good. Maybe you just did that in Armingo. T- hold on, hold on. How many of you think that maybe you've met thirty new people? Put them high in the air. Okay, that's good. Any any fifties up in here? All right, there's even some fifties. I like that. Good. All right, you can put your hands down. Here's what I can tell you. You know, like Josh, uh, like you heard earlier, um, I'm I'd like to think of myself as a people person. And I enjoy meeting people for the first time. I really find that to be energizing. Uh, It's happened a few times tonight where I'm meeting somebody for the first time, and and it's easy to get stoked on that. But for me, when it gets awkward is that second time, right? (laughs) You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, that second time when uh, I remember this, my freshman year, I lived down here in McCarty hall and it was like, you know, moving in, meeting people the first time was pretty exciting. You know, I I'm all stoked up on that. But then the second time it's like, we're standing outside the shower with nothing but a towel around us, you know, and I can't remember the, the, the person's name. And so I have to fake it. I'm like, Hey, you know, what's up? Bud, you know, <laughs> and the guy's like, uh, "My name's Chris, and don't call me Bud." Okay, yeah, you know, he he really doesn't like to be called Bud. It's that second time when you can't remember uh, the person's name that you met uh, that can get a, a little bit awkward. Uh, and that doesn't, because I remember at the time I was a senior, I moved into a fraternity and every fall there would be all of these people that would move into my house whose names I didn't know. It's a little bit awkward at first when you're, you're at breakfast going, I cannot remember what this dude's name is. Uh, so there are plenty of times, whether we are here for the first time or whether you're a freshman, whether you're a senior, where, where the uncomfortable scenario presents itself. The uncomfortable situation And to the degree that you experience this, no matter where you're at, I want to, to give you a little bit of hope tonight. That what we're going to hear about is a God that, in everything that presents itself as uncomfortable, there is a God that says, I want to give you comfort. I want to replace these uncomfortable situations with comfort. These things that can tend to paralyze us when they get a little bit awkward, when they get a little bit distracting, um, and instead, uh, this, this God that says, I want to make you comfortable so that you can be free, so that you can keep moving. Uh, throughout this quarter, uh, we want to look at the book of 2 Corinthians, this letter in the New Testament that was written... Uh, to a group of people for the purposes of helping them understand the reality of their faith, the reality of Jesus in their life, just a little bit more. Uh, I'm excited for what we uh, have in store this quarter as we look at 2 Corinthians together. But before we get started in the first chapter of this, let's pray together. God, help us. Be our teacher. Uh, We want to know you more. We want to know these scriptures. We want to see and experience how they might be real in our lives. Uh, So would you help us uh, as we hear your word tonight? And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, throughout the quarter, I'm excited to share with you some of the striking notes about first century Corinth that parallel 21st century Seattle and about the biography of the author of this letter, a guy who is credited with writing much of the New Testament, uh, a guy whose name is Paul. But what I want you to connect with tonight is that the words that we are about to read are written by a real person, the Apostle Paul, to a real people, a group of of Christians from a variety of different backgrounds in a real place, Uh, Corinth, which is in uh, in present-day Greece in the Mediterranean. Now, why do I bring this up? Because often when I read the scriptures, when I go and I hear names like, like Corinthians or Corinth or Achaia, it's easy to think that, oh, these are kind of names from fiction or fantasy. But remember, when we're reading this, this comes out of a real, real per- people, uh, from a real person to real people in a real pa- place. So with that in mind, words rooted in reality, here we go. It says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, uh, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all his holy people throughout Achaia. Okay, in 1 Corinthians, this is, this is kind of interesting, Paul only greeted the people in the church. That what seems to be happening here is that there are more and more people that are, are connecting to this present group of Christians and likely becoming Christians. But he's aware that this movement is getting a little bit bigger, which is pretty cool. And then he continues, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, grace and peace to you tonight as you come. This might be the last time that you feel a sense of grace and peace because once school started, things really pick up. But hey, experience that grace and peace tonight. Okay, as we continue in this, note the word that jumps out here over and over in the next five verses. This will be pretty obvious, okay? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so you also share in our comfort. All right, a very clear theme, a very clear refrain in this. In these five verses nine times the apostle paul uses the word comfort okay comfort what are we talking about here okay what are we what is what does comfort really mean here okay well let's start with some of the things that, that you guys likely know when you think about when you think about what makes you comfortable what what brings you comfort what are the th- some of the things that that might come to mind okay for me um, one of the things that comes to mind is is comfort foods. Do you have a comfort food? Okay. Um, I have a comfort food. You know what it's called? Food. I love to eat. Okay. It really doesn't matter what it is. I just like to eat it. But if you really pushed me, if you really had to make me land on this, I would probably, and I'm not proud of this, but I would probably say it's something from McDonald's, okay? <laughs> I can't help it. I know, I know some of you guys are groaning, but as, as I was sharing this with Janie yesterday, she said, hey, they call it a happy meal for a reason, okay? <laughs> Which I thought was a really compelling point, um, so maybe, maybe you have some sort of, of comfort food. Maybe you have an item of clothing that you like to wear. I saw a really interesting article in the Seattle Times uh, just about a week ago, okay, where it said that jeans, okay, jeans companies are getting killed in this country right now, particularly women's jeans. Why? Because of yoga pants, Okay, that there's been over a 10% decline in the sale of of women's jeans, and it's because of yoga pants. And the number one reason given for why women buy yoga pants, they're comfortable, okay? Uh, When I asked the in-speaking team, when you think of comfort, okay, uh, what did they say? Actually, what I'll tell you first is that I have a piece of comfort clothes. I don't have any Lulu's, by the way, if you were wondering. (laughs) Okay. I do have this old Healy Hanson quarter zip fleece, and it's just, I love putting it on. It's so choice. Okay. I think <laughs> one of the reasons that I, I love this thing is that it's old. It's over a decade old, so I'm not worried about spilling any food on it, which is a real issue for me. Those of you that'll get to know me, you'll know that that's true. And I, just, I, know, what I, I know what I'm going to get when I, when I put it on. I know what conditions to put it on, and it's just a great thing. Um, but as I as I asked the in speaking team, which is a group of students that helps me prepare these messages every week, what do you think of when you think of comfort? The word that they used is home. Home. Um, what do you think of when you think of, of, of home? Maybe it's the the house that you grew up in. Maybe it's something else. I know for me it's that smell. Perhaps it's that smell I asked you about earlier. That there is, that, I mean, honestly, it, it, this, this smell is such a powerful thing that, that it, I honestly start, you know, find myself going, I might cry if I talk too much about this. That when I, there, there are particular smells with coffee that remind me of my grandparents' house. And sometimes, just sometimes, even in, in my own house that I live in a few blocks down the street here, that same smell from some coffee that's been sitting in the pot all morning I catch a whiff of it, and there is something that is so amazingly comfortable about that. You see, my my grandparents were these wonderful folks that I knew loved me unconditionally. It was a place where I felt deeply known and a place where I felt incredibly secure. Okay, all these things, when you think about a comfort food, we can find comfort in provision when you think about our quarter zip or our yoga pants we can we can think about those things that 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 are really mindless freedom okay they they just they just they feel good and when we think about home we think of that sense of security that sense of place that sense of being known comfort now i think what paul is getting at in our passage here is that this sense of comfort cannot be reduced to any one of these things. If we put them all together, we begin to get at what he's getting at, but even then, we're still incomplete. Because the thing that that smell of coffee, when I even get it in my house to this day, can still remind me of is the presence of my grandparents. It's not just having the right food or clothes or house. It's about that presence. You see, the gospel is that Jesus is God who became a man and is present with us even now. When Paul talks about comfort, he's talking about the presence of someone who is with us even now. That's comforting. It's all these things we talked about, We could talk about so many more and the presence of the living God, the creator God with us even now. Now, why is this so important? This promise of comfort. It's important because Paul knows trouble. He knows hardship. He knows distress. And in the the text that we have as it continues, he reminds us of this. In verse eight, he says, "'We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, "'about the trouble we experienced in the province of Asia. "'We were under great pressure, "'far beyond our ability to endure, "'so that we despaired of life itself. "'Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. "'But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, "'but on God, who raises from the dead. "'He has delivered us from such deadly peril, "'and he will deliver us again.'" On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. For Paul, the guy writing us this letter, he is telling us that he believes and experiences under great pressure and in times of distress, trouble and despair, that God shows up to comfort. God shows up to comfort. In times of trouble and despair, God shows up. That's what Paul's experience has been. And he wants us to know that God in the same way. In trouble and despair, God wants to show up to comfort you. Do you believe that about God? Is that how you have experienced Jesus? Maybe you are one of those people who believes that Jesus is actually far more eager to strike you down or rebuke you than to comfort you. Certainly, at the beginning of this letter, that is not what Paul wants you to know about Jesus. Paul wants you to know that this Jesus is a God that has come to bring comfort to know a comfort that is found in Jesus. So three things as we seek to know this comfort, the reality of this comfort a little bit more. Three quick three things to close with. First, it is in trouble, despair, and even suffering that Jesus shows up. Notice that the promise is not that we will be forever protected from those things, but it is in those moments that Jesus shows up. Paul notes this in verses 4 and verses 8, that in in this life, there will be trouble. Let me give you a bit of a trite example about how we might experience this, this type of comfort and suffering. In a former life, I've got two kids and a third on the way here in about six weeks, I used to... Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I used to be a, a runner. Um, I did my own share of fun running. Uh, I did a, a handful of marathons at, at, at a different point in, in my life. And there is something about, about running and training that, that you know, we, we put ourselves through this intentional suffering, right? And in a marathon, when you're at mile 18... Okay, I've never done a marathon. I've done five where I'm at mile 18 going, oh, boy, this is so fun. This is great. I am so glad I'm doing this right now. Mile 18, you've gone 18 miles, people, but you still have over eight to go. Okay, You want to talk about despair. So the question is, why do you keep going? You keep going because of, of the promise of the finish line. You keep going because there is this promise that there is something better out there. And to that end, I think it's a fitting parallel for what Paul is getting at here, that the invitation to comfort is an invitation to know that in our times of trouble, there is a comfort that the promise is that it will outlast the trouble. It's not that you will be saved from it. It's that there's a promise that in this big picture, you will experience that comfort. And what I can tell you is that in those marathons, when you get to the finish line, there is an amazing sense of accomplishment that the pain all of a sudden becomes kind of satisfying. There's comfort at the end, and that's why you keep going. You know that it's not going to last forever. Second, and this is a really important point. This is, this is one that I think is important for the student culture that we live in. Second, comfort is subtle. Think about this for a second. When you're comfortable, you're not out shouting it from the mountaintops. Hey, everybody, look at how freaking comfortable I am. Woo! Look at how cozy this is. That's not what comfort is, people. It's not something that you're supposed to be totally stoked about. Sometimes the promises of God are notably more subtle than they are spectacular. This is tough for us because often we measure how good something is, how valuable something is, by how many times it gets viewed how many different likes it gets, or how many times it's been double-tapped. And we put a tremendous tight, uh, amount of energy into trying to keep our options open so that we don't miss the next awesome thing. When we put those, that energy into keeping our options open, I wonder if we're missing an opportunity to experience the subtle comfort of God that is present all the time. The comfort of God is often far more subtle than it is spectacular. Finally, one of the ways that we participate in this comfort is to practice sharing it. Do you remember when, when Paul said that in the text, that if we are comforted, is, is so that you may also be comforted? That one of the ways that we know this comfort is by being able to show up for each other. And this isn't a moment where I want to coach you in how to do that as much as I just want to make you aware that when you show up for each other, you have the opportunity to demonstrate the presence of God that seeks to comfort those around you just by you showing up. I know that in times of great despair, again, say some girl broke up with me, One of the ways that I experienced this great comfort, God's comfort, was by friends that just sat with me and didn't say anything. They didn't have to make it better, just by showing up. And no doubt in my own life as I've sat with people where they were going through the unexplainable, I have experienced God's comfort just by being with that person in despair. We might not be talking, but there's this sense of God is there. Jesus promised this, right? We're two or more gathered, there I will be. You guys, the cross of Jesus Christ is a symbol that, in its original context, people would see a cross and they would see it as a symbol of violence, of destruction. And, be, and it is. It's the cross that Jesus died on. But in an perhaps ironic move, because of Jesus' resurrection, this cross now means something very different to us. It's why we wear it around our neck. It's why we get it tattooed on our body. It's why we come back to it over and over again. It means that that violence, and that which seeks to destroy has been beaten and is now a symbol of comfort. This is a gift that the God of the universe wants to give even you, regardless of what your past may be like, regardless of the, the things that may weigh you down. Here tonight that the God of the universe that Jesus Christ in his death on the cross and his resurrection loves you and wants to bring you comfort. We're gonna be on an awesome journey together this quarter. I hope that you come back every week so that we can continue to explore this awesome God that loves us. Let's pray as we continue to worship. God, thank you that you are a God that desires to bring comfort that loves us extravagantly in ways that we can that, that that are so far beyond our ability to comprehend that we sometimes miss it god as we continue to sing and as we go about our our first week of school um, would you sensitize us to your presence would you be real in our lives thank you for this time to gather to meet new people help us give us great memories to help us remember names that we might be comforted (laughs) by remembering each other's names and by becoming a community. God, you're good. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen.